Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the RIP podcast. Uh, this week, I am joined as usual by Barnaby, and uh, and I can kind of start to say as usual with uh, Christoph as he is back. He's graced us once again with his lovely, lovely hairy face. Uh, how have you both been this week, chaps? Yeah, cracking. Yeah, same, down. same as usual, to be honest. Still stuck indoors, not doing anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, very much in the same boat as you lot. Uh, in a uh, not in a literal sense, uh, obviously, I'm not breaking lockdown with going over Barney's house for a sleepover. But, um, yeah, so we've actually you're, got. Uh, you're sleeping on port side. Oh God, I'll sleep on whatever the opposite side is to to you, Barnaby. Let's uh, <laughs> let's leave it there. <laughs> but uh, this week we've got a uh, fairly stacked show for you, so uh, we're going to be reviewing. New albums from uh, Weezer, except and Crystal Vipers. Um, so before we crack on with the reviews this week, um, I should also mention as well that this week's uh, slated and celebrated comes from Limp Biscuits. Results may vary, so uh, yeah, stay tuned to see what we think about that. But uh, in the meantime, Barnaby, hit me with some news. What's been going on? Right. Would you like the good the good news or the bad news first? Mm. I don't know. I'll let Christoph decide. What do you think? Let's start with the good news, because then we can like gradually gravitate towards Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'll start with the good news. Um, the good news is that apparently D. <clears throat> sorry, apparently D. Snyder, who we all know of Twisted Sister fame, is apparently making another solo album, and he's in the studio with Hatebreed's Jamie Jaster. So this is going to be the follow-up to his uh, 2018 solo album, For the Love of Metal, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And he's going to be uh, getting help from uh, Jimmy Joster, likes to kill members of Killswitch Engage, Lamb of God, Arch Enemy, and uh, it's going to be quite. I think it's going to be quite a good album to be honest. I really enjoyed uh, For the Love of Metal, even though it was really, really old school. I found it to be quite, a, quite a yeah. very interesting record to listen to. So I'm excited for this one, to be fair. Yeah, I, I did enjoy. Um... For love mel because that that was it, this is very much like a kind of partnership with uh jamie juster of hatebreed and d schneider because uh, jamie did produce the previous album as well uh as well as this up and coming one uh yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of it i mean to be honest with d schneider it's hard not to enjoy the man because you know he's just one of those blokes that's so charismatic and uh i think it's like whatever he does it's going to be gold really because the guy is just like He's like the perfect figurehead for, uh, or spokesman, should I say, for representing our world, if you want to call it that. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, it goes yeah. all the way back to the days of him taking on Tipper in the Senate back in the 1980s and absolutely destroying them. So I, I absolutely agree with you on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, rest assured, we will be uh, hopefully reviewing that this year, if it does come out this year, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, if, I mean, if it does, I'm looking. For, if it does, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a banger, and yeah. it's going to be a good life as well when we do inevitably and eventually return to gigs. Well, well, yeah. When when that will happen, we shall see. Exactly. But uh, you much of a uh, D. Schneider fan, Christoph? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Not it's someone like, oh, who I've like delved into massive amounts, but I mean, down with like a bit of twisted sister. Yeah, twist. I mean, it's, how can you not like Twisted Sister? They're just like the most fun, fun band. Like, I think like out of all the old school kind of like uh, heavy bands, well, not heavy, but heavy metal, I say. Yeah, uh, they've got to be like up there with like the most sort of fun, uh, anthemic 
especially with like you know the anthems they've got in their canon you know so it's always a treat when you see like d schneider come out on his own and sort of do those classic twisted sister songs exactly uh, i yeah. fucking loved him as the cowboy in the new sharknado film <laughs> i didn't even know I they had a new that. sharknado film out when was this new yeah yeah like last year or the year before it's like the final one and they travel through time and neil degrasse tyson's in it um and yeah d schneider's um the sheriff of this town when they go back into the country and western to save save him from a sharknado <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh rest wow. assured i'll be checking now oh mate it's yeah. fucking incredible honestly jesus well, uh, was that the good news or the bad news? I can't remember, but it was good news. That, right? that was the good news. Oh, very much good news. Um, Shall yeah. I move on to the bad news? Just to Go build on, up to Weezer. Yeah. So uh, this is um, this is news from uh, stateside, so not entirely related to us, but it is another festival cancel uh, postponement, should I say? So Maryland Death Fest has been postponed until 2022. And again, says this is this will surprise no one, which has unfortunately been the case. It was meant to take place, I think, on May the 26th to May the 29th this year. And now it's being pushed to the same dates, but for next year. Fortunately, the majority of the bands which were on the bill for this year, including Panzerfaust, Grave Dissector, and Blaze of Perdition, they all seem to be remaining on the bill. So at least the lineup um, hasn't seemed to have changed, and then hopefully fans of Maryland Death Fest can look forward to it next year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, let's hope so. I mean, kind of feel like this is going to be... I, I don't even know if it's worth talking about, like the inev- inevitable thing that's going to be happening over the next few weeks with festivals, you know, I mean, we, we kind of, we, we've covered it last week and, and as well as on the first one, you know, the first episode, like it's kind of an eventuality at this point, um, yeah. you know? So, I mean, when they, when these festivals do uh, get rescheduled, then yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, well, yeah, of course it's going to be, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a sad reality of, uh, of uh the year we're facing as it progresses you know we're just kind of like uh seeing all of this stuff happen and uh you know although we were expecting it is never a nice thing to see anyway so uh yeah, yeah. absolutely i mean just because you know it's coming doesn't mean it's going to be better when the news arrives yeah yeah exactly. i'll tell you one thing that is making me uh well i wouldn't say happy in any sense but it's good to see is that most of the fans seem to have uh, decided to roll over their tickets for next year's festival so they seem uh, dedicated to actually making an effort to keep all the tickets and go next year which i think is really good obviously yeah yeah i mean again i mean well, what else are you going to spend your money on right now because it's not like you can go out and do anything else yeah exactly yeah. so <laughs> yeah anything else news wise more... i've got another i've got another story which is like I would say this is funny, but it's really not, actually. Right. So there's apparently been um, a catfish victim who believes she is engaged um, to Poison's Brett Michaels and his BFFs with Nikki Six. And this is happening stateside. So there's obviously someone and someone who's being... Um, someone is catfishing someone and obviously posing as Brett Michaels and Nikki Six. And it's really fucking, actually. It's quite sad. It's so so bad actually that uh, this person went on uh, i guess everybody knows who dr phil is uh, yeah. yeah yeah he wasn't he the guy that tried to like help uh, margera or something yeah like that. yeah something like that he was the one who yeah. did the had interviewed the fucking whole cash me outside how about that girl fucking hell that was ages ago so this person's obviously been on uh, 
Dr. Phil has been that much of an issue. And I would like to laugh about this and think it's funny, but I actually really can't because it actually sounds really sad. And it seems like this person's got a lot of mental health issues and lonely, loneliness because of the pandemic. So it's not a nice thing to go through, to be honest. And hopefully this person can get help with what she needs uh, helping with. Thing is, like, I mean, just to play devil's advocate for a second, um, I mean, is it that far-fetched to believe? Because when you look at the people that she's associating herself with, they aren't exactly squeaky clean, if you catch my drift. You know, mm, I mean, that is true. It's, I mean, who's to say that, like, Brett Michaels isn't squeezing his, his rock and roll sauce all over the woman's cougar bangers, you know? It's like, put his rose in her thorns. Um, yeah. I'm pretty certain it's not the first time that he's found himself in a catfish situation. And, you know, uh, who I mean, you know, don't take my word for it. I mean, obviously, I, I you know, I'm just being an idiot. But <laughs> oh, man, all I'm saying is, is everybody's an idiot in their own way, Stephen. I mean, the, like uh, the, that whole kind of side of, uh, of hair metal and stuff like they've all got these flamboyant characters that are. Of course, they're going to end up in those kind of situations because they're this, those they're those kind of characters that always get in trouble. You know, uh, all you got to do is look at the Vince Neils of the world, and uh, you know, and you don't really have to look far until you, you you know, you start to see that there's a, quite a pattern forming when it comes to you know pe- like individuals and bands within this genre of music. They're you know, they're always getting themselves in fucking bother. You know, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clear. I mean, I do sincerely hope that the woman in question does obviously seek the help that she needs. But uh, yeah, I'm just, pl- I'm just being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if that is it for the news this week, then uh, we should probably move on to some reviews. Um. So, I think there's probably no better place to start really than uh, just having a very, very. Um, a very kind of brief summary of the uh the new weezer album which was released yesterday um here's my here, here's my summary um okay here it goes you're my honey bun sugar plum pumpy umby umpkin you're my sweetie pie you're my cupcake gumdrops nickums pickums you're the uh, Weezer's okay humans out now. I mean, to be fair, that was very inaccurate because they actually rhymed different words. So that song was drastically more drastically more complex. Exactly like they didn't rhyme in that song, for instance, they didn't rhyme upstairs with upstairs doing the Cardi B technique. Indeed. Uh, That was much uh, better. I mean we'll we'll go around the um you know the table. So I mean um what what was your what was your thoughts, Barnaby? Oh, what, did you, uh, what did you? I'm going to try. I mean, first, to I should be... ask by um, saying, I mean, did you have any kind of previous with Weezer beforehand? I mean, did you have? Were you, did you were you a fan of any of their previous material? Or was I wouldn't it... say I was a massive fan, but I did enjoy some of the earlier stuff. I mean, what was the? It was the Blue album that came out in the '90s, wasn't it? The Blue. Uh, album. yes. I yeah, I enjoyed some stuff with that. Like the early Weezer, I can get down to some of it, even though I'm not really a fan, let's say. But oh, God, when it came to this, it just went completely off the rails. Like I haven't really been that familiar with Weezer's latest material, to be honest. But I didn't expect it to be the way that it was. 
Say it ain't so. <laughs> no, Sorry, let me I just, had to. I had to. Let me just get my notes up real quick. I mean, I've got a brief summary of it. Okay. The only real positive thing I have to say about it, and but I'm not judging anyone who likes this, even though I can't see the appeal. This is just my two cents. The only thing I can see that's positive of this album is that the use of like violins and stuff and the strings is interesting. And other than that, it was just not for me at all. It just seems like a massive train wreck. With like the lyrics being all over the place and just seeming childish and basic. It's like, this is not the Weezer I remember back in the 90s at all. It just seems like the shit apple has fallen far from the shit tree in this case. And <laughs> I just, again, no judgment of people like this, but I just, I just didn't enjoy it at all. Okay. What about you, Christoph? I mean, I, I get the impression that you were quite an avid Weezer fan at, a point, at some point in your life. Yeah, man, like, they were one of the few bands that my mum introduced me to that I actually uh-huh. liked, you know, like, they yeah. had the whole, what was the song with, was it Saturday? The Buddy Holly, where they had the famous movie set or famous oh, TV show, um, Happy Days. Yeah, Day. yeah, Happy Days, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so like, you know, so Buddy Holly was fantastic, and they had this little bit of heaviness to them, they always had a bit of kind of childish innocence but they balance mm. like the two really well even island in the sun it's like this happy-go-lucky song that was you know still had a bit of heaviness to it and then yeah they did a covers album which was like completely cringy and they've just yeah they've just tried to go from strength to strength and release worse and worse music and then this was like children's nursery rhymes gone wrong you know <laughs> it was but the, the the only good thing about this new weezer album is the fact that we're probably not going to find a worse album than this this year oh don't tempt you know? fate like that i do want uh, to agree with you christoph but i'm not going to chance fate not with um well, how this year's I mean, gone so far <laughs> well we'll put a pin in it for sure um I mean, with Weezer, because I mean, I mean, with, I'm with Christoph on this, because I mean, I at one point, Weezer were a great, incredible band. I mean, I, I used to fucking listen to them daily when I was like, you know, growing up. I thought like, you know, I mean, it goes about saying like singles like uh, Buddy Holly and Hashpipe and, you know, all those things. Great songs. It's yeah. like so oh, Hashpipe. hooky. Hashpipe was good. I like that. Yeah. One. I mean, like they had great music videos as well. You know, yeah. whenever you'd put on like Kerrang or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I would instantly be drawn to the TV because they just had such like a unique uh, vision when it came to their music videos. Um, wasn't Hashpipe the one for all the sumo wrestlers? Yeah, like, and they yeah, did one yeah, in the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, that was the um, wasn't that oh. the one where the, that was one with the Muppets or something? Or no, uh, no, Muppets was Keep Fishing. Ah, uh, that was um, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the one in it was a uh, Beverly Hills. That's yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. And yeah. uh, they had the um, pork and beans where they had all the people from YouTube and shit, and like, uh, yeah, them like breaking all like, uh, yeah, all those like famous YouTube stars. It was great, but uh, yeah, I mean, it is kind of sad to see a band like clearly on a very, very steady decline when it comes to their output. Uh, yeah. I do question whether or not the band members have just kind of let Rivers Cuomo just take the helm a bit too much and they've not really kind of like said to him like 
hey, maybe we should like uh, you know like have a guitar part here or there and he's just yeah, like yeah. shut up <laughs> you know, stop uh, rhyming upstairs with upstairs i can't remember what song i think it was playing my piano where he rhymed upstairs with upstairs like congratulations you've just done the cardi b technique of rhyming a word with the same fucking word and there was only about three songs that actually had guitar like I dug the uh, I dug the use of cello in it. It was really nice. But yeah. what were the re- apart from the drummer and the bassist in places, the rest of the band must have been so bored. Like, <laughs> did he furlough them during lockdown? Like, sorry, <laughs> you know, you, you're not needed right now. Sorry, bud. One of the guitarists came into the studio. Was like, right, how much do I have to track today? It's like tracking will take twenty minutes, and then you could go home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I kind of. I mean, to sum it up, really, um, I mean, this was something that I just jotted down as I as I was kind of like, you know, nails down a chalkboard, kind of trying to work my way through the record. Um, I mean, so with a collection of songs primed for car adverts, Radio One and animated Disney films about cows that can't win singing competitions. uh, I mean, Weezer have once again knocked it out of the park when it comes to releasing material that just alienates fans, you know, because I'm pretty certain like us, you know, you expect you, you expect to go into a Weezer record and, and you want to go in and like it, but where it's so far, it's so far from the Weezer that we know, uh, it's hard to just not be cynical about it. Um, I mean, fuck me, like that Hella Megator is like, you can just picture it, right? You've got a fucking uh, Green Day who, you know, haven't released a good album in like, 15 years, years. Like, yeah, i think american know. idiot american idiot was the last one i enjoyed yeah i mean, I mean they, the they've green down green day I mean, the, in the world and they're a band that again have been on a steady decline and just continue to release shit constantly you've got fallout boy i don't even know what the fuck they are now. oh god don't and, get me started uh, fallout boy. <laughs> and then you've oh. got weezer that have been pumping out stuff like this for the last few years i mean like i'm not being funny if you go to that tour and you and you spend like 80 quid on a ticket however much it is and you kind of just like you're you're standing in the middle of those stadiums and you're looking around at all these people that are there for the latter end of these bands material when you're there for the for you know for the records that they had come out come out with when they first started how alienated must you feel when they're like these bands are playing this absolute fucking dross and you're there (laughs) wanting them to play songs about you know fucking them wanking and like you know stuff like this it's just you know how do you go from making songs about hash pipes to songs about rainbows and kittens an album that's just rainbows and kittens yeah it's not even great rainbows and kittens right yeah yeah i mean uh it's it's a you know it is what it is it's cringy and uh yeah yeah can i just add one can i just add in one thing yeah, yeah, go for it. So they've, I think they have done a better job at alienating the fan base than Suicide Silence have with their self-titled album. <laughs> I never. But thought... The problem is, is people are there with them though. People love it. People are fucking licking this shit up like you know they're sort of cats and catnips right in front of them. It's just oh like, God, it's easy access. Yeah, like unlike the Suicide Silence record where everyone was against them, like this, there just seems to be uh, illustrious. Uh, a big big amount of support towards it and i'm just like are they hearing the same shit that i'm hearing because this is just so far removed from the weezer that i know and yeah. 
you know, and as Christoph worryingly said, I mean, uh, they've they've got another record coming out again yeah. Uh, yeah. later this year. What's Two it months. It's not even later this year. It's like mid March, man. Jesus. So it's only a few weeks away, really. Under the name of oh, Van Van Weezer, because they want to <laughs> have heavy guitar. I like how they've tried to like coin it. It's like, oh, we're going to have heavy guitar parts in it. I'm like, that's what you used to do. Like, yeah. no, it's like stop acting like this is revolutionary and yeah, go back yeah. to what you were good at. Guys, we're gonna try yeah. something new and not make shit music for once. Like that's what you did once upon a time. Yeah, like, exactly. You don't yeah. get extra credit for making music that's not terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So uh well, I'm I'm looking forward to tearing that apart when it comes out. Wow, I'm I'm off the back of this, I'm even questioning if we should fucking even waste our time, but the curiosity part of me just thinks, well, it can't be any worse than this. But oh, yeah. curiosity killed the cat, Stephen. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. But uh, for now, Weezer's OK Human is out. Go and listen to it if you dare. OK, um, so moving swiftly on to uh, something that's not Weezer or something that's completely far removed from anything that Weezer would ever be associated with. Uh, we're actually going to be now diving into German heavy metal bandits, except uh, with their brand new record, Too Mean to Die. Um, I don't understand this is actually the band's 16th studio album. Uh, so, uh, you know, in tradition, Barnaby, I'm assuming that you're quite a big Accept fan. Oh, yes. I mean, unlike Weezer. I absolutely <laughs> love Accept. So I got introduced to the band back in 2014, uh, just b- randomly browsing music when I was bored in class in school. And then I was like, oh, Accept, they sound like they'd be awesome. I think it was um, Stampede off one of the 2014 album Blind Rage, which I heard, and I was hooked instantly. It's old school, no nonsense, no messing about heavy metal. And they're mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Yep, absolutely. Christoph, how did you feel about this, mate? Yeah, no, I dug it. Like, it was yeah. cool. Felt like I should have been in a smoky bar pounding my fist all the way through it. Like, it was cool. <laughs> Definitely not music for a civil walk around the co-op, you know? Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, you go around punching the cornflakes, you'll end up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's kind of the... Yeah, the um... Picking a fight with some pita bread. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah, that was kind of the concept behind the title Too Mean to Die, going around your local co-op, punching cornflakes and eating pita bread. Uh, Yeah, so, uh, I mean, this is a follow-up to uh, The Rise of Chaos, which was a 2018 effort the band uh, put out. Um, I mean, for me personally, I mean, I've never really gone in on a particular Accept record. Um, I saw them at Hellfest a few years ago, uh, and, you know, they they were good fun. You know, they're they're kind of like one of those, those, like, mid-build classic heavy metal bands that you know once you're pissed you're gonna have a whale of a time when you see it live um which was you know very much the case uh when i saw them um but for me personally i mean i, I tend to sort of dip in and out with uh with bands like this um i mean you know they've obviously got that fucking i mean they've got anthems you know the band have oh got yeah like huge songs like you know balls to the wall i mean that's like yeah it's yeah uh, like massive anthemic songs um that you know i mean if you've got like you know uh a can of like premium lager in your hand and you throw in the horns 
and you're listening to that in front of you around like you know thousands of people that are all in the same same vibe then you can't not have a good time um now bear with me because uh for me like this kind of was the equivalent of like an ac a heavy metal acdc for me um now there's a few reasons why i i say that um now i'm, I'm kind of like I was thinking this last night. I was like, I'm kind of like, I'm starting to feel like a kind of a bit of a broken record. Um, but this again does kind of like fall into the category of a band that don't deviate from a sound that they're clearly very proficient at. Uh, you know, I mean, much like your ACDCs, your Slayers, uh, Hatebreed to a certain extent. Um, you know, I, I even mentioned this with Nervosa last week. Uh, bands that have like a back catalogue of material that for the most part um, can be categorised by listening really to one album without even needing to hear the others. Um, but I mean, that being said, again, like I say, I mean, if, if you are like, you know, fully in on this uh, on this style of music, I mean, you know, a friend of, of, of ours that we all know, Greg, I mean, he's like a diehard when it comes to this stuff. And yeah. uh, I can assume that like, with every release he gets like more and more out of the band um but for someone like me i mean i i kind of i listen to this and uh you know i i do kind of just get to a, a stage where i'm just like well you know i'm kind of getting a bit lethargic now i mean is is there any is this all you've got to kind of bring uh in terms of you know uh keeping my my interest um but circling back to that ACDC comparison, I found like musically the singer Mark Tonillo uh, is really reminiscent of like Brian Johnson in parts. Like he had like a really kind of like uh, uh, rock and roll, like slicker voice uh, tone to his to his vocals. Um, a good comparison like to back that up really is a song called Overnight Sensation, which yeah. uh, it, it's kind of like it's got like this tongue in cheek. Uh, sensibility about about it which which again kind of like feels very in the vein of like those uh those uh acdc kind of like uh rock songs you know um the undertaker i thought was great i thought that's got like a really catchy chancy chorus behind it um but yeah it, it's sort of like at 52 minutes uh, for me it got to that sort of half hour mark where i, I kind of got that uh that lethargic feeling i mean how about how about you barnaby was there anything particular that stood out for you on the record i feel like definitely definitely the undertaker was one of the standout tracks the only yeah. gripe i have is i would put it slightly later on the album just to like sort of break things up a little bit i felt like it came a yeah. bit too soon and mm -hmm. i do see your point when it comes to like after a while it's it's more of the same basically as you said going yeah. back to like yeah. a hatebreed yeah. comparison but mm -hmm. fans of this style of music will absolutely love it. And it's safe to say I definitely fall into that category. I absolutely loved the album from start to finish. And it is something well, when they don't deviate from the formula, they do it so well. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was the, the vocals were amazing. I'm really impressed that Mark still has his vocal abilities at the age of 66 years old. And it doesn't look like yeah. he's going to lose his pipes anytime soon. The guitar work by Wolf Hoffman, the lead guitarist, was absolutely amazing. And it's very, it's an anthemic, well-written, no-nonsense, old-school heavy metal album. And I absolutely loved it. Mm. I mean, uh, like, like you were saying just there with Hatebreed, I mean, for me, when I listen to Hatebreed, it fills me with so much adrenaline. 
by the time you get to the end of the record, I don't really notice that all the songs do have a a very similar vibe about them to the previous, you know. I'm kind of I'm that filled with like adrenaline and like, you know, I'm that like sort of like pumped up by the records. By the time I get to the end, uh, you don't really notice. Whereas this uh just again for my tastes like it, it i didn't get that adrenaline rush from it whereas i'm sure you know the people that do love this kind of stuff it's very similar to the way that i digest hate breed you know they they this get yeah. that they get that feeling from it um was there anything you wanted to add to that christoph i mean were you just uh you were quite satisfied with the record as a whole you were just like uh got the yeah. whole uh yeah it was cool i liked the zombie tune i felt like that kind of came in and i was like oh this is a bit different for like the style of metal that it is and then everything else became quite ordinary you know subject matter wise like but yeah yeah they were cool i listened to it yesterday and today and thoroughly enjoyed it both times Mm. yeah yeah fair enough uh, and, and I'm, I'm sure there's an army of people wearing blue denim cutoffs, like embling their vintage accept patches uh, that will consider this to be some of the band's best works. And, and I'm inclined to agree. Um, so that is Accept Too Mean to Die out now on Nuclear Blast. All right. So moving on to our next record. We're flying through these today. Uh, this comes from a band called crystal vipers with their record the cult on listenable records um just very quickly side note i don't know if listenable records is quite a nice name for a, a record label do you like it kind of sounds like oh this music's listenable it's not good it's listenable yeah. they should have called it like know. epic tunes records or something like that it needs to well, like yeah, be... I mean, normally <laughs> you've got like label names that are quite uh that are quite um motivational whereas like listenable records to me just kind of sounds a bit kind of like you you don't have much faith in your artists like you just sort of say oh well it's listenable but it's not good (laughs) (laughs) but um i tell you what though this was a record that was more than listenable so uh again another band that i don't have much of a background with uh crystal vipers are a polish heavy metal band uh and they bring us to their eighth studio record again called the cult uh, so did you have much previous with this, gents? Um, I didn't have any previous experience with these guys at all. This was a completely new band for me. Yeah, Christoph shook his head as well. I'm assuming no, no kind no. of previous, nothing with this. Uh, no, I mean, so we're all basically uh, approaching this from a, uh, 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 you know, kind of a fresh listeners, uh, from fresh listening, listening ears, because uh, again, it's it's not a record that. Like all of us have have actually listened uh, a band, sorry that we've listened to, but um, my first impressions were that this band absolutely adore Iron Maiden. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I was going to bring that comparison up. You know, because yeah. uh, I mean, like all you got to do is listening to, listening to that opening title track, uh, the Cult. Um, it incorporates all of those maidenisms so it's got like the dueling guitars very much in the vein of the trooper it's it's backed up by the galloping drum sections um but the thing that really makes this stand out is the vocalist marta gabriel um her voice i found was just so sharp and it just cuts through all of those maidenisms um i mean what did you guys think when you when you first heard it 
I mean, you pretty much took the words right out of my mouth, mate. I got, yeah, a lot, yeah. lot of Iron Maiden comparisons, and I was really impressed with her vocal range as well. Like, it just stands out above everything else, but it doesn't feel like it completely drowns everything else out. It's just like mm -hmm. the cherry on top of the cake, so to speak. So most of the yeah. tracks I really thoroughly enjoyed, and while I wouldn't say it's anything new or groundbreaking, if you're a fan of old-school metal, you will like this record, because it just can't, it delivers it in spades. Mm. How about you, Christoph? What did yeah, you uh, like, what you think of this? I I really dug it. I thought it was going to be from the band name and like the album artwork. I was kind of like, oh, it's going to be some power metal. And then I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I fucking loved Whispers from Beyond. I think that was probably my favorite mm. favorite song off of the album. But, yeah, it's someone that I definitely like delve more into. When yeah, I've got some time because I haven't been listening to half enough music apart from podcast stuff. <laughs> yeah, Whereas, yeah i mean this is why this is such a good kind of uh outlet for that because it gives you that opportunity to discover new shit and you know listen to the stuff like this because uh you know i mean like i said earlier with, with this being a band that none of us have had previous experience with coming into this uh was really refreshing because um going back to uh martyr very briefly uh i can't really emphasize enough how impressed i was with her vocals just the range especially when she reaches those high notes and holds them um as christoph said whispers from beyond really drills that into you that the, the voice her voice in particular is just incredible when it comes to those uh really kind of wailing high notes that you would hear uh on like a, a record like this um I was really surprised with this because, uh, I mean, I'll gladly hold my hands up and say that, you know, I, I, I don't listen to, uh, I don't kind of listen to this kind of old school heavy metal sound that much. You know, it's like, I mean, I enjoy yeah. it to a certain extent. I mean, uh, you know, I'll, I'll gladly listen to it, but I, when it comes to my tastes and what I like, um, I kind of, I go for a different type of, of, metal so to speak um and you know we, we talked about except and you know i i told you that around the half hour mark i started to get a bit lethargic uh with this though there was none of it um it keeps my attention um i don't know if it's because i enjoy the vocals or if it's the fact that the songs just seem to have a lot more of like an injection of en energy about them um but uh, yeah, I, I just I just loved this. I mean, I, I kind of it kept like I say, it kept my attention. I listened to it from start to finish. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of the ones where as soon as I finished listening to it and you know did a few things around the house, I kind of like mm, of all the records, this is the one I want to go back to because it's just got that really kind of uh, it just draws you in. You know, it's the, the songs are just great. Uh, again, the vocals, I can't I can't praise them enough. Um I mean, this is a band that I can easily see having like a bloodstock crowd in the palm of their hands, like on a on a sun, sunny Sunday afternoon while there's a bunch of those uh, blue denim cutoff people eating onion rings off their erected penises. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with their piss warm lager that they bought for ten pounds from the from the Lemmy bar. Mm, isn't it yummy? Um, yeah. So uh, again. This, I think this is probably my favorite album that we're talking about this week, uh, based on, you know, Accept and, you know, Weezer. Um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, again, if you are a fan of that kind of really old school heavy metal vibe, 
uh, with incredible vocals, then uh, this is the album for you. Uh, anything else to add to this, folks, before we uh, move on? I think I've said all I needed to say, to be honest. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, in that case, uh, again, that is Crystal Wipers' The Cult, which is out now on listenable records. But it's, it's more than listenable. It's actually really good. Uh, really yeah. good records. <laughs> it's like really good records. <laughs> um which does sound kind of sound patronizing if you're a record label but (laughs) (laughs) uh all right well that's actually the reviews for this week so we've actually absolutely flown through those uh this week we're only at the uh the 35 minute mark crazy um but i suppose that that kind of thing gives us more than enough time to uh to delve into uh the third edition of the slated and celebrated segment of the show so once again to remind people this is a segment of the show where we do a deep dive on records that were initially panned at the time uh, of release and uh we kind of we we put them under the microscope and we 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 kind of see whether or not they were as bad as what they were made out to be at the time uh whether or not they deserved the criticism that they got at the time um so far we've done machine head we've done suicide silence uh but this week uh we're actually changing it up a little uh we're actually gonna go all the way back to the new metal days and we're actually gonna go with none other than limp biscuit with their 2003 record results may vary um so what was your uh what was your relationship or what is your relationship with uh, limp biscuit barnaby do you have much of a uh, a soft spot for them I do have a soft spot. It's a bit of a on-off love-hate relationship because whenever you're sober, you listen to stuff like Limp Biscuit, where Fred Durst has the um, intellectual talent of a five-year-old who just discovered Monster Energy. You sort of think, "How the fuck can I enjoy this shit?" But then once you listen to the the instrumentals and you get into it, and especially when you're pissed in Voodoo on a Saturday night and Roland comes on, you bet your ass you're going to be out on the fucking floor busting out the Roland dance. Absolutely. I mean, uh, where do you stand on old uh, Limp Biscuit, Christoph? Like, I like a bit of Limp Biscuit. Again, they're a band who are never going to fucking age well, are they? Like, oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I listened to this album. It's been years and years, maybe 10 years since I last decided to listen to a whole Limp Biscuit album rather than yeah. like their few bangers. And it was, it certainly was like, I completely forgot that they made a tomb of Snoop Dogg. Oh yeah, um, I forgot about that as well. That red light, green light, and it was such a cringy song. Like yeah. Fred Durst again, like talking about the Weezer thing with rhyming upstairs and upstairs. Fred, Fred Durst, like finishing every sentence with "bebe," not even "baby" pronounced right. Like it yeah, was and then so at least horrible. Down the day where he keeps doing every other line is "little boy." Little boy, little boy. It's <laughs> like, yeah. come on, man, you can do so much better. I know it's just yeah. Fred Durst, but come on. And yeah, like as yeah. an album, this definitely wasn't their greatest work. So let's face it. Like, um, I mean, there's a bit of background on this then. So uh, this was uh, a very, very much anticipated follow-up to the absolute party album of the new millennium, which was the Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water, uh, which. <laughs> I mean, for my money, is the best, not not just the best Limp Biscuit record, but the best party record there's ever been. I, I yeah, think yeah. I, I absolutely adore Chocolate Starfish. I think from beginning to end, the record is just, it's just flawless. 
Uh, I mean, if you're looking for a record that basically gets you jumping and gets you in that mood to party, I don't think there's an album that's better than Chocolate Starfish. I really don't. I mean, can you name any albums at all that they're in this genre of music that basically get you in that mood to go out and, and party? Um, maybe All Killer No Fella. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a banger. That'll get, but then also you could toss the coin that they came out at the same time, but Chocolate Starfish is more of a new metal vibe, whereas All Killer No Filler just kind of has lots of bops to it. But yeah, Yeah. they're both both gnarly fucking albums. 100%. I mean, uh, but this is like you say, I mean, with with the Sum 41 thing, I mean, they very much were kind of like in the... um in the pop punk kind of uh, realms. They they almost brought like that kind of Beastie Boys sort of edge to them, you know, like they weren't like, they weren't rapping for the sake of like Fred Durst was trying his hardest, bless him to rap. Like, (laughs) you know, whereas like, I think some 41 being a three piece, they bounced off of each other a lot more and it was a lot more tongue in cheek and a lot more fun loving. Yeah, one sorry if I'm on some point on a four piece originally. Um, oh, he's fucking made you look a clown. Oh, (laughs) juggler look like a clown. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear me, he looks like what that bloke would have looked like if he hadn't have like divorced Avril Lavigne anyway. (laughs) Um, before she moved on with the fucking singer of Nickelback, whatever his name is. Oh, Chad Kruger, yeah. Are they still a thing, or have they separated as well? Oh, I, I think they separated I mean, ages news ago. News is that Avril Lavigne died, and they replaced her with a clone. Really? Yeah, there's a whole conspiracy that Avril Lavigne got replaced with a clone of herself. Oh, yeah, let me guess. And know, she was she's, playing, she's like, a, like, she was playing a fucking stadium show in Wuhan when, coincidentally, <laughs> you know, fucking coronavirus happened, and she's all linked into this whole conspiracy of microchipping and, you know, whatever. I mean, uh, yeah, that's... Let's not go there. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to Limp Bizkit, um, yeah. So again, as I say, uh, for me, I mean, it was hard as like an eleven-year-old uh, to not be completely sold on Limp Bizkit whilst watching WWE. Uh, I mean, I think you couldn't really have picked a better soundtrack for some fully grown men battering each other with steel chairs uh, when it came to <laughs> Limp Bizkit. Um, mm. I mean, again, I don't really need to remind anyone what Chocolate Starfish did for the band commercially. Um, although I was pretty surprised to read, like, um, just doing some research into this record we're talking about, that Chocolate Starfish didn't actually get stellar reviews uh, from the press at the time. In fact, it was quite it was quite shat upon, um, which I was surprised to learn, um, which is which especially when you listen to the record back like 21 years later. Uh, you know, for me personally, I still think it's like flawless from beginning to end. Um, anyways, uh, so the bands, they were basically everywhere uh, following the release of Chocolate Starfish. But internal conflicts did start to happen during the touring cycle uh, of Chocolate Starfish, which did result in the uh, underrated genius that is Wes Borland leaving the band. Um, I mean, are, are you review two fans of Wes Borland before you oh, yeah. press on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, love, absolutely love him as a musician. I think, yeah, great I've said really underrated. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Wes Borland definitely was that side of Limp Biscuit that was like the uh, 
really like obviously you've got Fred Durst, which is he's the face of it, but behind the face of Limp Biscuit, you've actually got quite like an incredible kind of rhythmic guitar work going on and like all this weird shit going on in the music. Like there's always had that that's kind of what I I felt brought the new metal element to Limp Biscuit was that really weird creativity of Wes Borland just bleeding into everything that they did. Um but yeah, anyway, as I say, so uh, yeah, um, during the touring cycle of uh, Chocolate Starfish, Wes Borland did leave the band following internal conflicts. And uh, from that point onwards, our uh, our red cap headed fun sponge started to embarrass himself on stage and off um, with multiple attempts to replace Borland, uh, notably uh, snot guitarist Mike Smith, who was uh, very briefly in the band for a few weeks before... Uh, conflicts between him and fred durst resulted in him also leaving the band um so you've got to think at this point then uh limp biscuit they went from being like these incredible kind of like world beating uh you know number one album selling band to suddenly finding themselves in quite a precarious situation uh you know and um the band performed a brand new song, Crack Addict, at WrestleMania 19 with corn guitarist Brian Head Welsh filling in. Um, just a side note, I think Crack Addict is a fucking incredible song. Uh, and I really don't understand why it wasn't actually brought to the record we're about to discuss. Um, Crack Addict, for the record, was a single that the band had recorded and performed at WrestleMania. And uh, it was actually produced by the legendary Al Jorgensen of Ministry. Uh, who actually gave a quote to a magazine quoting that it was great. I got, I got paid just to humiliate him uh, with three songs, noting that he had uh, Fred Durst strip naked and wear a cowboy hat while singing. Al <laughs> 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 uh, Jorgensen, he's a lad, isn't he? Oh, fucking um, hell, what a G. What a G. Uh, yeah, but uh, as I say, so throughout all of the uh, crazy shit that was going on between... Uh, chocolate starfish and the touring and the fallout of all the members leaving and you know all this embarrassing stuff that uh fred durst had been doing uh we arrive at the 2003 record results may vary um so both of you two you've obviously already said that uh you know you were kind of like uh you hadn't have heard the record in quite some time Rec- uh, christoph said it was at least 10 years since he's listened to a record from start to finish um, so what was your thoughts when you sort of re-listened back to Results May Vary? I mean, very, I, I don't thought I'd use the term abrasive to describe an album, but that's how I feel that coming back to this album felt. It was just jagged and was built all over the place, especially with uh, some of the songs varying musically wise and lyric writing as well. That's not to say, actually, if I may move on. It's not to say I thought all of it was bad. There are definitely like I still think the cover of Behind Blue Eyes was is still a very good song, and I feel like it's strange <laughs> to actually hear. Oh, I actually really enjoyed it. It's strange to hear that side of um, Fred Durst. He's actually quite a good, clean singer. I know that a lot of people gave that cover shit when it came out, but I actually that's one of the things I enjoyed the most off the album is the cover of Behind Blue Eyes. Fuck me, you must not have enjoyed it then. <laughs> I was gonna say it's the only. Th- I was to say it was the only thing I enjoyed. It's one of the things I enjoyed the most. And there's definitely tracks like um, "Build a Bridge" and also the riff to "Eat You Alive" was fucking monstrous as well. I forgot that that track had such a bouncy vibe to it, even though lyrically speaking, it wasn't for my tastes. But okay. I mean, I don't think this album deserved 
all the hatred it got. But I could definitely, it's definitely was a little bit of a downfall for Limp Bizkit, to be honest. And it's just because, yeah, West Borland wasn't there. Okay. And uh, what about you, Christoph? I mean, you've obviously said that you were quite... You were quite uh, perplexed about the the Snoop Dogg uh, interjection into the record and the uh, the sort of awkward uh, lyrics. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when upon re-listening to it again, like I forgot the, um, I just forgot how kind of boring it was. Yeah, like "Eat You Alive" is great. It was nice and chunky and nice and heavy, and it reminded me of how weird and wonderful the video to it was. Like I came home and had to throw that on, but. Mm-hmm. It just it didn't pack any punches, you know. Like yeah. I didn't re-listening to it. There was no massive nostalgia, no like moment of shit. Why didn't I? Why did I stop listening to this album? You know, and like yeah. they did that tune with Snoop Dogg, and it was just strange. Considering on like with Chocolate Starfish, they had. Do you remember the Urban Assault Vehicle version of? Yeah, rolling. rolling yeah yeah like and i went and re-listened to that and was like that was great you know yeah, but yeah. like yeah it was just it was just boring yeah i mean just reading um reading a review here um at the time of the release um I won't read all, out all of it, but uh, the review is as follows. So the album differs from Limp Bizkit's established sound. Although the album still featured elements of hip hop and heavy metal, it also branched out into other musical styles, including alternative rock, acoustic, funk and jazz. It also featured less rapping and more introspective lyrics related to heartbreak, bullying and self-pity. An, ale- an alleged affair with Britney Spears by Durst. This is denied by Spears during the collaboration sessions for her 2003 album in the zone and resulting rejection by Spears was cited as an inspiration for some of the album's material as well. Um, A review from all music. Uh, The music has no, has no melody hooks or energy. Uh, All attention is focused on the clown jumping up and down, screaming in front. Um, And long before the record is over, you're left wondering how the hell did he ever get to put this mess out um so i mean taking in those reviews and what you guys have set up to this point um it does sound as though this record i mean it, it hasn't aged well I'll, i will say that like the record you know you can very much tell that this is an album uh, of its time back in 2003 um especially when you consider the fact that prior to this record you had a world beater like Chocolate Starfish, and then this is like the follow-up to such a classic record. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is hard to not look at this cynically. Um, but, you know, in terms of the songs themselves, I mean, uh, with like unnecessary, there are quite a lot of unnecessary songs. And, you know, personally, I think the Behind Blue Eyes cover is fucking terrible. Um, sorry, Barnaby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll agree it's to disagree like, on that, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, but with the odds stacked against Fred Durst as it was, so not only has he had, like, you know, uh, quite a big kind of creative source leave the band, uh, and he's had to go through this rigmarous uh, effort to try and replace such a, you know, quite, quite a predominant person that was in your band up to this point. And, uh, you know, you're being basic, basically shat on every day by the press. You're embarrassed, embarrassing yourself constantly. 
you know that there was quite a lot that was uh riding on fred durst uh, on the build-up to this and um you know this in a way this album did give a lot of people just more ammunition to uh to basically butcher fred durst um but you can't deny bangers i mean you guys have already said it like eat you alive i think it's fucking great i, I love that tune um i was at the huge limp biscuit comeback show at download 2009 which was basically just like bedlam you know like yeah <laughs> up to that point you had had you know bands doing their thing and then as soon as limp biscuit come on the stage after being away for so long and then they started busting out eat you alive funnily enough and um you know all the classics it was just like why did this band ever go away you know it's just like they're, they're just the perfect perfect band that, for that environment um and yeah i thought give me the mic's great i thought lonely world had its moments um so yeah i mean i think that uh for for all the criticisms uh there are songs here that are just bouncy new metal songs um that have catchy melodies and you know that's basically what limb biscuit do you know they're a band that just make bouncy new metal songs uh you know that you can basically just sing along to when you're pissed up um yeah, it's it's made for like voodoo on a saturday night yeah 100 percent. i mean uh, in terms of the band's like future outputs i mean following this record wes borland did thankfully return back to the band uh and uh i believe that they brought out one of a record after this which was uh, uh i think it was golden cobra if i remember correctly no 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 they had one pr- bef- like immediately after uh, i think it was yeah. 2005 they had a, another record Oh, crap. I didn't know that. Fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck is it called? Let me open up my uh, Spotify. Completely, f- completely forgot about that. Uh, it was called um, The Unquestionable Truth, um, which from what I understand, was, it was an all right record. I mean, I, I think it was actually better than uh, better than this because, you know, you've got Wes back in the band. And uh, and then, yeah, as you rightfully said, that was a 2005 release. And then they then followed that up with 2011's Gold Cobra, which, again, did have his moments. But, you know, overall, it wasn't the best. Um, and kind of ever since then, really, Limp Bizkit have kind of just been this nostalgia act where they've been, you know, fitting up, you know, all these festival slots, basically playing all of the classic stuff and, you know, fooling around doing covers of Metallica and, you know, you name it, whatever, whatever band. Yeah, I feel. Uh, are you referring to the their cover of uh, Sanitarium? Yes. Yeah. Oh god, that was trash. Fuck <laughs> me, I hated that cover so much. Honestly, it wasn't. It was... Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, but it's it's uh, it's odd because we're now in a position where uh, you know Limp Bizkit are kind of, you know, they've now got to a point where a lot of bands are doing this like this whole nostalgia set thing and. There's only so long you can do this before, you know, people do start to say, okay, well, we've seen this now. Like, can you, like, give us some new material or fuck off, please? And yeah, I kind of feel exactly. that Limp Bizkit have firmly done, outstayed their welcome when it comes to doing these slots now, just churning out, like, old material and, you know, covers of songs that no one's asked for. Um, System of a Down have started doing it now, where, like, you know, whenever they get announced for, like, download or, like, a big show... I'm not interested unless they're doing new material. But yeah, um, exactly. It gets to the point where you're more interested in the side projects that are doing, like for instance, with System on Down case, um, guitarist Darren, uh, Darren's project Scars on Broadway. 
much more yeah. interesting than hearing what he's doing with that band than I am with System because it's like, well, you guys still haven't fucking brought out a new album. It's been 15 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we say this, but they did release some new tracks recently, which uh, I thought were pretty good. Did you guys listen to the new System tracks? I, I listened to Protect the Land. I, I enjoyed Protect the Land, to be fair. I don't think I've heard the other one yet. Oh, uh, mate, you need to listen to the other one because the other one is like where it really sort of like you, you listen to that and then you immediately think, yeah, like System are actually an incredible band because like it's got oh, that yeah. really yeah. like. Uh, did you listen to the new System songs, Christoph? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, genocidal. Genocidal Genoc- command. Oh, no, not yeah. genocidal command. That's the, the that's the Nervosa song. Shit. <laughs> yeah, oh, the song Christ. title's mixed up. Throwback. No, what was the? Uh, oh fuck! It was protect the land, and it was genocidal something. Um, I I gotta look this up. So I feel like I should have known this. It, it was genocidal human humanoids. Um, that was it. Yeah, not genocidal yeah, command. Uh, uh, if you haven't listened to that one then I recommend you check that one out because that is far superior to Protect the Land, which is a bit repetitive, really. But, um, yeah, I've, I've, as soon as I heard those tracks, I was like, yeah, I, I, I'm back in on system now. <laughs> yeah. They're forgiven for, like, the last, like, 10 years of these, like, unenthusiastic slots at festivals and shows they've been doing just to basically <laughs> yeah, get money. Fucking Bless stop. you. <laughs> Thank you. Please, someone's allergic to new metal. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> nah, someone's God. allergic to Weezer, more like. Yeah, yeah. fucking right. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, unless anybody's got um, anything else to add about Limp Biscuit, uh, that about does it for uh, for episode four. Anyone got anything else to add to our uh, our new metal brethren? Uh, I think I've said all I needed to say. Yeah. I mean, not 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 great, but a little bit of a misunderstood record, and it definitely has its yeah. um, stand moments that help it shine a little bit more, even right. though it doesn't shine a lot, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an odd album that sits in a back catalogue of brilliant party records, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll be interested to to hear new material from Limp Bizkit. I mean, I heard that they were back in the studio. I mean, you got to think, you know. A global pandemic has got to kind of get you in the mood for being a bit creative, if you know, if if you've been sort of locked up for so long and like you can't get away with playing shows anymore, I think there's no excuse really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and plenty of bands have um, taken advantage of it. I mean, the Rumjacks they locked themselves up in Italy to record their new album, which is coming out this year. Who? The Rumjacks. Oh, the, the Rumjacks, yeah. They're releasing their album in, come on, if it was March, I might have to look it up, actually. I'm looking forward to that. Ah, okay, decent. Well, yeah, I mean, like I say, just chuck it in and we'll uh, we'll look into it. Is there any albums in particular that you're looking forward to this year, Christoph, or is it just, uh, are you just playing it by ear at this point? Yeah, I can't think of anyone who's got any new music that I'm yeah. massively on at the minute. I know that I did see the other day uh, Chelsea Wolfe and Emma Ruth Rundle have got a new tune out. I've not listened to it yet. Nice. Uh, Dropkick yeah. Murphys are supposed to be doing something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah. Just kind of waiting until people decide, do you know what? So there are a lot of bands who have been holding on to music, hoping that you can release it and have a tour cycle. And I think this year they're just going to kind of, you know, bite the bullet and just release it. So yeah, hopefully yeah. there'll be a lot of surprising music come out. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, because where touring's obviously not a thing right now, you normally expect like, well, if a band's just announced a world tour, presumably they're going to have like an album to back it up. Whereas where bands aren't announcing tours right now, you just think that they 
can just basically drop an album out of nowhere. You know, happened with Trivium, what the Dead Men say. I didn't expect a follow up to the Sin of a Sentence that quickly. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, yeah. all of a sudden, fuck me, you know, but there's a new Trivium album right there and it happened to be a banger, you know. So this, uh, this, this new kind of uh, reality of bands just dropping new material out of nowhere. Yeah. It's quite nice. I'm quite enjoying yeah. it. Um, the, new Architect, uh, the new Architect stuff was quite surprising. That came out of nowhere. Oh, I'm cautiously optimistic about that album because the tracks so far about from that upcoming album, which we'll hopefully be reviewing on the podcast, they mm. took a while to grow on me. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, like, uh, Architects are obviously quite a biggie. So we'll uh, we'll yeah. definitely do a deep dive on that when it eventually comes. Um, but, yeah, just to put a pin in this episode... Uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening. Uh, oh, fuck me, I just battered my microphone. That's not a very good way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we hope you've enjoyed this episode. And uh, again, uh, we'll be back next week with, uh, yeah, a lot more uh, a lot more shit to come. So uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on our socials and our YouTube channel. And uh, we shall be back next week. So uh, thank you very much. And bye for now, everybody. Ciao. Goodbye.